And since we already sang, O come, O come, Emmanuel, now let's hear about Emmanuel. We'll, we'll stand for the reading of the gospel today from Matthew chapter 1. So this is, this is Matthew's gospel account about the birth of Jesus. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to Please be seated. What's the picture you have in your head of that first Christmas? I'm guessing it involves Mary and Joseph riding into the town of Bethlehem and right little baby Jesus wrapped up in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And probably you envision some shepherds out in the field and a choir of angels up in the sky. And I mean, everyone loves this, this traditional picture of the, the nativity out of Luke chapter 2. And maybe, maybe to this day, you can still recite almost all of Luke chapter 2 like you used to have to do in those children's Christmas programs, right? In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Everyone loves that, that traditional nativity story, the, the one found in Luke chapter 2. But none of that shows up here in Matthew's account of Christmas. Matthew, he only spends like half a verse actually talking about the birth of Jesus. And Matthew's account maybe is more like the PG-13 version of Christmas, right? He, he brings up things like extramarital conception and secret plans for divorce he, he opens our eyes to a conflicted, scared Joseph. Matthew desanitizes that, that typical Christmas portrait you have of the Holy Family and their little newborn baby. He reveals this Holy Family, they almost split up before it even started. In case we forgot, Matthew reminds us that there was a pretty messy lead-up to that first Christmas. And while Matthew's Christmas account isn't probably going to be the one that, that children would learn in Sunday school or recite in a children's program, 
still a good reminder for us, maybe just to not be overly sentimental about Christmas. This can be a good reminder that Jesus, he came into a a messy world under some messy circumstances. And that means he knows how to deal with our messes. It's a good reminder that, that even if your Christmas season this year gets a little messy, even if it's, it's less than ideal, it's not what you pictured, well, you still got that promise of a Savior. That stands secure. You don't have to worry about that part of Christmas. That's what Matthew's reminding us about, that, that Christmas joy and peace, they're not, they're not just based on how great or how sentimental your Christmas is. Christmas joy and peace, they, they always will be based on God's promise being fulfilled to send a Savior. And the best part about the Savior, he knows how to clean up messes. He was born into one. And Matthew kind of starts us off showing us the messy lead up to Christmas by pointing us to this apparent scandal between Joseph and his soon-to-be wife, Mary. Now, in in those days, there was a a betrothal period for a husband and wife. And this was a little more binding than a a modern engagement. Uh, A couple would be referred to already in the betrothal period as a husband and wife. They were legally bound together, but they still weren't living together or having relations as a husband and wife. And it's at this point when Joseph runs into a mess. His soon-to-be wife, Mary, is pregnant, and he knows he's not the father. I mean, just just put yourself in Joseph's shoes here. If your soon-to-be wife was pregnant with a baby that's not yours, would you buy Mary's story when she says, Joseph, I haven't broken our marriage vows. The, The angel Gabriel appeared to me and told me that the the God Most High has overshadowed me. This child who's to be born will be the Son of God. You buying that if you're Joseph? Or, Or put yourself in Mary's shoes. What kind of stress must she have been going through? I mean, she she knows she's pregnant. She knows she hasn't done anything to become pregnant. How is she going to explain this to her soon to be husband? This is no ordinary pregnancy. Just a, a messy situation for Mary and Joseph. And Joseph, being a, a righteous man, he, he knows, I can't go through with this marriage, but at the same time, he, he has concern for the welfare of Mary. He doesn't want to expose her to public disgrace. So he's got a plan. He'll just divorce her quietly, secretly. It's not going to be a, a big deal that everyone hears about. Try and protect her a little bit, but... He's got to do this and be done with it. And as he goes to bed that night, knowing that his soon-to-be wife is pregnant, he's probably got broken marriage promises on his mind. Joseph's afraid of what he's got to do that next day, afraid of how this whole thing will affect Mary, afraid of the shame it's going to bring down on both of them, afraid of having to end this relationship before it even gets started. It's just a mess. All because of this baby. 
Matthew reminding us of the messy circumstances leading up to the first Christmas. Maybe it's not all that foreign for us to, to run into things like this. There's a good chance that there's bound to be parts of your Christmas that might get a little messy this year too, or, or at least they might not be as ideal or sentimental as you pictured them to be. Like Joseph, you might be going to, to sleep with thoughts of broken relationships on your mind or relationships that seem to be in the process of breaking and not even the magic of the Christmas season can fix them. Or maybe your Christmas is not going to be as well attended as you were hoping. Maybe mom and dad, grandpa and grandma, they're, they're not around to celebrate with you anymore. And the family you do have around, maybe they're not really around much. Or maybe they're so far away, you're not going to see them. They're not all going to get together like you used to. And you think back to those Christmases you had as a kid, and you compare them to the Christmases you have now, they, they just can't ever measure up, can they? The, the stresses of adulthood and the, the demands of work snatch away that childlike Christmas joy you used to have. Maybe you, you even have to work over Christmas. I think this is why we really like to be overly sentimental about Christmas. We love to watch those old Christmas cartoons we used to watch as a kid. We love listening to all the old classic Christmas songs on the radio. Every year we, we long for this Christmas nostalgia because we know Christmas is never going to be as good as it used to be. And if you're looking for a culprit that likes to try and turn Christmas into a mess, don't blame the Grinch. Sin. Sin is what steals Christmas joy. Sin is the underlying factor that can make even something exciting and, and joyful like Christmas into a mess. Ever since Adam's fall into sin, we've been dealing with the, mess, the messy consequence of sin. Death ruins Christmas celebrations better than anything. We've got to deal with our, our own sins. Our own sins leave messes in our wake sometimes. I mean, pride, lust, jealousy, selfishness. These are the attitudes that that are the cause of almost every broken relationship. They're also the attitudes we find floating around in our hearts a lot more than we would like to admit. When we walk out of line with God's will for our lives, it's no wonder we find ourselves in a mess. But on Christmas, a baby breaks through the mess. This baby breaks into our mess. This baby cleans up the mess. The angels promise about the identity of this baby it cleaned up Joseph's mess, allowed him to drop all his fears and leave them behind. This baby proves God is with us. He is with us to save us from the mess. And as Joseph fell asleep with those broken marriage promises on his mind, 
An angel of the Lord appears to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. This child in Mary's womb, the cause of so much fear and confusion and heartbreak for, Dave, for Joseph initially, ends up being the one to take away all his fears and heartbreaks and confusion. Joseph is given an important command. Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Joseph is called to leave behind his fears and his reservations. He's called to, to follow God's plan rather than his own plan because the angel confirmed it. This baby in Mary's womb really was the son of God. And so he could drop all his doubts and all his fears and leave them behind. And he's, he's given another really important command here. The angel says to Joseph, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And the name Jesus says it all. And even the name the angel gave to Joseph says something about Jesus. Joseph's father's name was actually Jacob. But the angel reminds him, Joseph, you're a descendant of kings, a son of King David himself. And this title, the son of David, is one that Joseph's son Jesus would be taking up as well. And now Joseph's being called to be the caretaker, the, the one to raise this promised king the long-awaited son of David who would reign on David's throne forever. He's to give this son of David a name, Jesus. And this is a powerful name. It means the Lord saves. It's a name that tells a story. It's a name that fulfills prophecy. Jesus saves his people from their sins. The angel's very clear on, on what Jesus came to save us from. He wasn't going to you know, grow up to be a political savior for Israel. Jesus would save his people from their sins, to come and clean up the mess that sin makes in this world, to clean up after us when our own sins contribute to the mess. And Jesus, that wasn't the whole story behind this Savior's name. Matthew goes on to say, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And I, it's a, a prophecy straight from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. It's such a comfort. This name, Emmanuel, it means we can leave our fears behind. It means that God, is no longer alienated from sinful human beings. In the union of God and man in the person of Jesus, God is with us. And not just in an abstract kind of spiritual way. It's even deeper than that. God is with us because he became one of us. Because he took on human flesh. He, he fought for us. He suffered alongside us. even died as one of us. And he shares his resurrection glory with us. God is with us. And the, the name Jesus and, and the name Emmanuel, they're a perfect pairing. Because this means not only is God with us, 
God is with us to save us. And Joseph trusted that that baby in Mary's womb was going to live up to the names Jesus and Emmanuel. And so he prepared fearlessly for this baby's birth. He went along with God's plan, not his own plan, even though God's plan seemed a whole lot messier. But Joseph, when he woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Joseph woke up and immediately did what the Lord's angel commanded him to do. A fearless act of trust in God's plan. And Joseph and Mary, they, they both prepared fearlessly for this baby's birth. Even though the Savior's birth was going to be surrounded by a whole lot more messes in the coming months. I mean, right away, they go to Bethlehem and there's no room in the inn. So the Savior of the world is born in a barn, laid in a manger next to smelly animals. The only ones who come to visit him that night, a bunch of rough-looking shepherds. Not long after Jesus is born, he and his parents have to flee to Egypt to escape King Herod's slaughter of the babies in Bethlehem. Things got really messy. And even when Jesus grew up, that path of the Savior, man, it got messy too. He was rejected by most people. He suffered. He even died. Jesus, in order to free us from the mess, had to come down into the mess to clean up the mess for us. And even as we struggle with fears and confusion sometimes, we know Jesus, the, that God who took on flesh, has gone through the similar things that we have. That he knows what it is to be human. He knows what kind of mess we're in. Because he experienced it alongside us. He knows how to clean it up. And unlike us, Jesus, who is God with us, can do something about it. He did. He took up the heavy weight of the world's mess and brought it to the cross. And there in the, the messiest death possible, crucifixion, he cleaned up the mess of sin from the world, from us. You see, God's ability to clean things up is infinitely greater than our ability to mess things up. This baby we're about to meet in a couple days is going to give you confidence, like Joseph, to leave your fears behind, to be free from fears, to be free from messes. Because life is going to continue to be messy. Even your Christmas this year might get messy or it'll be less than ideal. It won't be as sentimental as you pictured it being. And if even the, the Christmas nostalgia doesn't help, if watching Frosty the Snowman and listening to White Christmas doesn't cure the Christmas blues, well, you're going to have a wonderful Christmas either way. Because your Savior has come. He has come under messy circumstances to clean up your mess, to clean up the world's mess. Emmanuel has come through ordinary, mixed-up people like Mary and Joseph in order to save ordinary, 
mixed up people like you and me. The events leading up to that first Christmas, they seem pretty messy. All because of that baby. But Emmanuel makes his appearance now in just two days. The end of the mess. All because of that baby. God is with us. And he's here to save us. Amen.